Hello, everyone, and welcome to Killer Casts, where we tell stories of true American heroes. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick, and alongside, I've got my brother, Brandon Kilpatrick. Hey, everyone, we're excited to share with you a couple stories about people when in difficult situations displayed heroism and courage. To introduce ourselves, again, my name's Michael Kilpatrick, and I'm a mechanical engineering student at BYU-Idaho. And again, I'm Brandon Kilpatrick. I'm a structural engineer and a member of the Idaho Army National Guard. We went with the name Killer Cast for a couple of reasons. First, because growing up in sports and in school, we were given the nickname Killer because of our last name, Kilpatrick. And second, because we find these to be killer stories, as in excellent, exciting, and impressive. In today's episode, episode one, we'll be giving two vastly different stories, one of Al Capone's lawyer and the second of a World War II pilot who received the Medal of Honor. We realize not every aspect in a hero's life is heroic, but we hope to emphasize the things that made them stand out in a time of reckoning, making it possible for each of us to be free today. And hopefully, you and I can emulate their strength in the individual wars we all face. Let the podcast introduction spark patriotism in your heart, and then listen all the way through both stories to see how they're connected. We hope you enjoy today's stories. Now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war. But there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. Where did we find such men? We find them where we've always found them. In our villages and towns, on our city streets, in our shops and on our farms. The American people may not always see them, we may not always hear of their success, but they are there in the thick of the fight, in the dark of night, achieving their mission. We thank God they're there. In the early 1900s, Al Capone virtually owned Chicago. Capone wasn't famous for anything heroic. He was notorious for enmeshing the Windy City and everything from bootleg booze and prostitution to murder. Capone had a lawyer nicknamed Easy Eddie. He was Capone's lawyer for a reason. Eddie was excellent. Eddie's skills at legal maneuvering kept Big Al out of jail for quite some time. To show his appreciation, Capone paid him in large sums. Not only was the money big, but Eddie got special dividends as well. For instance, he and his family occupied a fenced-in mansion with live-in help and all the conveniences of the day. The estate was so large that it filled an entire Chicago city block. Eddie lived the high life of the Chicago mob and gave little consideration to the atrocity that went on around him. Eddie did have a soft spot, however. He had a son he loved dearly. Eddie saw to it that his young boy had clothes, cars, and a good education. Nothing was withheld. Price was no factor. Despite his involvement with organized crime, Eddie even tried to teach his boy right from wrong. Eddie wanted his son to be a better man than he was. Yep. With all his wealth and influence, there was two things he couldn't give his son. One, he couldn't pass on a good name. Or two, set a good example. One day, Easy Eddie reached a difficult decision. He wanted to rectify the wrongs he had done. He decided he would go to the authorities and tell the truth about Al Scarface Compone, clean up his tarnished name, and offer his son some semblance of integrity. To do this, he'd have to testify against the mob and he knew the cost would be great. So, he testified. 
Within the year, Easy Eddie's life ended in a blaze of gunfire on a lonely Chicago city street. But in his eyes, he had given his son the greatest gift he had to offer at the greatest price he could ever pay. Police removed from his pockets a rosary, a crucifix, a religious medallion, and a poem. The poem read, The clock of life is wound but once, and no man has the power to tell just when the hands will stop at late or early hour. Now is the only time you own. Live, love, toil with a will. Place no faith in time, for the clock may soon be still. The reason I really like this story is because I wouldn't consider Easy Eddie a hero, and I'm sure he wouldn't either. But when the time came to make the right decision, he made it, and essentially laid down his life in hopes for his son to live a better one. Brennan will now tell our second story. World War II produced many heroes. One such man was Lieutenant Commander Butch O'Hare. He was a fighter pilot assigned to the aircraft carrier Lexington in the South Pacific. One day, his entire squadron was sent on a mission. After he was airborne, he looked at his fuel gauge and realized that someone had forgotten to top off his fuel tank. He would not have enough fuel to complete his mission and get back to his ship. His flight leader told him to return to the carrier. Reluctantly, he dropped out of formation and headed back to the fleet. As he was returning to the mothership, he saw something that turned his blood cold. Nine Japanese twin-engine heavy bombers were speeding towards the American fleet. The American fighters were gone on a sortie, and the fleet was all but defenseless. He couldn't reach his squadron and bring them back in time to save the fleet, nor could he warn the fleet of the approaching danger. There was only one thing he could do. He must somehow divert them from the fleet. Laying aside all thoughts of personal safety, he dove into the formation of Japanese planes. Wing-mounted 50 calibers blazed as he charged in, attacking one surprised enemy plane and then another. Butch wove in and out of the now broken formation and fired at as many planes as possible until all his ammunition was finally spent. Undaunted, he continued the assault. He dove at the planes, trying to clip a wing or tail, in hopes of damaging as many planes as possible, rendering them unfit to fly. Finally, the exasperated Japanese squadron took off in another direction. Deeply relieved, Butch O'Hare and his tattered fighter limped back to the carrier. Upon arrival, he reported in and related the events surrounding his return. The film from the gun camera mounted on his plane told the tale. It showed the extent of Butch's daring attempt to protect the fleet. He had in fact destroyed five enemy aircraft and severely damaged a sixth. This took place on February 20, 1942, and for that action, Butch became the Navy's first ace of World War II and the first naval aviator to win the Medal of Honor. A year later, Butch was killed in aerial combat at the age of 29. His hometown would not allow the memory of this World War II hero to fade, and today O'Hare Airport in Chicago is named in tribute to the courage of this great man. So the next time you find yourself at O'Hare International, give some thought to visiting Butch's memorial displaying his statue and his Medal of Honor. It's located between Terminals 1 and 2. The first story was about Easy Eddie, a man who participated in crime but eventually made the hard decision, costing his life, but left his son a last hope of a good example. The second story of Butch O'Hare, a man of honor, who when faced with a life-threatening decision, placed no thought upon himself, but only towards his fellow airmen, and saved the lives of those in his fleet. So what do the two stories have in common? Butch O'Hare was Easy Eddie's son. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. 
Send us your feedback and share with us stories you think would be good over the air at KillerCast22 at gmail.com. That's KillerCast, C-A-S-T-S, 22 at gmail.com. Now, as you listen to the last part of this podcast, think about your pledge. Think about the pledge you give yourself, your family, or even your country. Fight for that pledge as if the whole struggle depended on you alone, just as Martin Trepto fought for our country underneath that same courage. Martin Treptow, trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice. I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. <laughs>